Help defend the church by becoming a supporter of Family Life International. Your contributions enable us to continue our work to promote the faith, defend the family and promote the sanctity of life. Make a real difference today. Go to www.familyandlife.org.uk slash donate. The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to John. Mary stayed outside near the tomb, weeping. Then, still weeping, she stooped to look inside and saw two angels in white sitting where the body of Jesus had been, one at the head, the other at the feet. They said, Woman, why are you weeping? They have taken my Lord away, she replied, and I don't know where they have put him. And she said this, she turned round and saw Jesus standing there, though she did not recognize him. Jesus said, Woman, why are you weeping? Who are you looking for? Supposing him to be the gardener, she said, Sir, if you have taken him away, tell me where you have put him, and I will go and remove him. Jesus said, Mary. She knew him then and said to him in Hebrew, Rabuni, which means master. Jesus said to her, Do not cling to me because I have not yet ascended to the Father. But go and find the brothers and tell them, I am ascending to my Father and your Father, to my God and your God. So Mary of Magdala went and told the disciples that she had seen the Lord and that he had said these things to her. The Gospel of the Lord. Today there are many skeptics who doubt the resurrection of our blessed Lord. In fact, a few years ago there was a scandal when one of the, when the Bishop of Durham, the Anglican Bishop of Durham, denied the resurrection. And even among Catholics, Catholic bishops, there, some have expressed doubt about the reality of the resurrection. Well, they are not original because the apostles doubted the resurrection of our Lord. The holy women who were blessed to see him first, even before the apostles, doubted the resurrection of the Lord. And when Peter, on Pentecost Sunday, stood up and preached um, to the Jews, he had great difficulty in convincing them of the reality of the resurrection. In fact, we heard that whilst he was preaching, he said, he spoke to them for a long time, using many arguments, and he urged them, save yourselves from this perverse generation. And we're told they, some were convinced by his arguments, and they accepted what he said, and 3,000 were added to their number. But there were more than 3,000 um, Jews present when Peter spoke. So we see that even arguments, logical arguments, are not able to convince the skeptic. It really is the grace of God that's necessary. And for this, we must constantly pray that God's grace work in us and that we do not resist his grace 
and of course we heard how the chief priests, though they were, they were, they they had news from the guards themselves of the resurrection, they refused to believe, and they they paid the guards to to spread a lie of the the body being stolen. But they refused to believe, and even after this, when they arrest, when they would arrest the apostles. And the apostles would speak with conviction. They refused to believe and tried to find ways to silence the truth of the resurrection of our Lord. But here we heard how Mary, um, Mary of Magdala, she ran to the apostles, Peter and John. They, the three of them went to the tomb. We're told Peter and John went into the tomb. They saw the linen cloths. And they still failed to understand that he must rise from the dead. But, and, and so Peter and John, being practical men, are aware that the body's not there, the tomb is open, the seal is broken, the guards have gone to report, and no doubt there'll be an investigation. So they're practical men, and they don't want to be on the scene of the supposed crime. And so they leave as well. But Mary, whose love for our Lord is so intense, that she would rather be where his body was than to be where she doesn't know where it is. She prefers to stay at the tomb weeping. She's still weeping, and again she stoops to look inside, which of course, of course is perfectly natural, because we will always want to look at the last place where we saw the one whom we love. This was the last place she had seen him, and she is hoping against hope that his body would reappear. She stoops to get some consolation by reminding herself of where he lay. And at that point, the two angels appear, one um, at the head and the other at the feet of the place where Jesus had been. At the very beginning of our redemption, at the Incarnation, angels came to bring the joyful news that the Son of God would take flesh in the womb of the Virgin. Now, the resurrection, where the redemption has been completed, where the new kingdom has been established, where the new world has been created, the angels appear once more. And they ask the question, woman, why are you weeping? For all of these things, the new creation, the new world, the resurrection, all of these are things for joy. So why are you weeping? And her response are threefold. First, the crucifixion. Secondly, the body has been removed. And thirdly, she doesn't know where it is. She gives the reasons for her sorrow. She gives the reason for her tears. And then St. John tells us, as she said this, she turned around and saw Jesus standing there, though she did not recognize him. So we can imagine her stooping, looking into the tomb. Don't forget, the tomb was a cave. And seeing the angels and speaking with them, she answers their question, and then she turns around. Well, why would she turn around? Surely she would continue the conversation. 
but of course, what is not said is that the angels had saluted. They, they stood up in reverence for the one who was behind her. And for that reason, she turned around. So he says, as she said this, so she's still saying it when she turned around and saw Jesus standing there. She didn't recognize him. And the Lord himself says, woman, why are you weeping? Who are you looking for? The Lord had said that ask and you will receive, seek and you will find. Knock, the door will be opened. And see, she had been searching. And she nonetheless supposes, supposes him to be the gardener. It's interesting that she should think of him as the gardener. For this is the morning, Sunday morning. And we're told in Genesis that God used to walk in the garden in the cool of the evening. And here, with the new world, the new creation, God is walking in the garden in the cool of the morning, at dawn. Sir, she says, if you have taken him away, tell me where you have put him and I will go and remove him. Never does she call the name of the Lord. She supposes everyone knows who she is looking for, as we read in the Canticle of Canticles. Jesus said, Mary, and she knew him at once. Our Lord said he calls his sheep by name. I know my own, my own know me. They listen to my voice. He calls her by name, and immediately she recognizes him. And she goes into the ancient language of her people, an unspoken language, Hebrew, Rabuni, which is more than the rabbi. It's the most reverential form of master. And she, what does she do next? She does what any woman who has found a lost love, a lost child, would do. She clasps him, she clings to him. She grabs him at his feet. Because we always find Mary Magdalene at his feet. She's the one who anoints the feet of, of our Lord at the, at the supper. She is one at the feet, at the foot of the cross. And here again, she clasps him. She clings to him. In other translations, it has, do not touch me. But it's not touch. Because the two women, for instance, whom our Lord met, um, and they touched his feet. We told they fell and they touched his feet. And to Thomas, he would say, look, here are my hands. Put your, your, your finger into the holes that the nails made. Put your hand into my side. So our Lord encourages them to touch him to, to, to prove the reality of the resurrection. But hey, he doesn't say to Mary, do not touch me, don't cling to me. Because in her, 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 her joy and her love, she can do no other than cling to hold on to the one whom she thought he, she had lost. And he goes on, don't cling to me because I have not left you yet. Because I have not yet ascended to the Father. <clears throat> so he's still with us and he will be with us in his, in his bodily form for the next 40 days. But go, he says, and he sends her as an apostle. Go to the apostles. Go and find the brothers and tell them, I am ascended to my father, your father, to my God and your God. 
This is the first time our Lord calls his disciples brothers, because now they are brothers. By his death and resurrection, he has destroyed sin and the enmity that we have with God. And so he has made us now adopted children of the Father, and therefore we are his brothers. Coez, Saint, Saint Peter says, and likewise Saint Paul. He goes on, I find the brothers and tell them I'm ascending to my father and your father. And so here he's distinguishing his two natures. In his divine nature, God is his father. In his human nature, because he's a divine person, God is still his father. But when he says your father, He's referring to the adoptive um, filiation, the adoptive sonship we have received and, in fact, continue to receive in baptism. So he makes that distinction in his own person, the two natures. My father by nature, your father by adoption. To my God and your God. My God because he, has, he is himself God and he has taken on human nature, and your God, because we ought to worship him who has revealed his son to us. And so we're told that Mary Magda went and told the disciples she had seen the Lord, and he said all of these things to her. And in this, we see that even when we pray, the, the Our Father is divided into two sections, so that there is the first part, our Father, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. All of this refers to the Father, and our Lord himself could say this prayer up to that point. But forgive us our sins, he could not say, but we would say it. And so that's why we break the Our Father at that point, when, when it's recited in common. And similarly for the Hail Mary, which refers, in fact, to the Incarnation, the first part. But the second part, Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us. It cannot be said either by Our Lord or Our Lady. And in fact, at Fatima and at Lourdes, where the children saw Our Lady praying, she would say the first part, but not the second part, because, of course, she is without sin. And so we, Mary of Magdala, of Magdala becomes the apostle to the apostles, the one who is sent to those who are sent. And the message is that Christ has risen from the dead, and therefore we ought to rejoice. Hallelujah. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. This MP3 recording has been made available by Family Life International. Help us to make many more available in order to promote our Catholic faith. Go to www.familyandlife.org.uk and donate today. Mm-hmm.